It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. A Coast Guard aircraft spotted the wreckage of an unidentified aircraft Monday evening while searching the coast northwest of Yakutat. It is not yet known whether the wreckage is that of a plane that disappeared on its way to Ketchikan over the weekend. According to Alaska State Troopers, a Beechcraft Bonanza carrying two people went missing after departing Glen Allen on Sunday morning. It was last heard from 18 miles inland of Cape Yakutaga near Yakutat. Troopers said the search aircraft located the wreckage in a remote area, not readily accessible from the ground. Troopers would not say with certainty that it was the missing plane. The Coast Guard, Alaska Rescue Coordination Center, and Wrangell-St. Elias National Park are working together to identify the wreckage and look for possible survivors. As Sitka heads toward a record cruise season with over half a million visitors, some obvious things are up, like sales tax revenue and traffic. But some less obvious metrics are on the rise, too. Search health educator Amanda Roberts saw one change in particular coming as far back as 2018, when Alaska passed its smoke-free workplace law went and engaged with these businesses that were going to be going smoke-free and talked to concerns. What what were some maybe worries that were coming down the line with this, this change, which was going to be a big change for the community. And one of the things that was expressed was concerns of increased cigarette butt litter. Roberts decided to be proactive over concerns about cigarette butts and organized a monthly cleanup focused on downtown Sitka. Since 2018, what started as a community service has become a legitimate scientific study. Roberts says the record cruise season correlates to a staggering increase in cigarette litter. And it's prevalent, I just Mm. want to say. Um, And I'd say typically on average depending upon how many folks we have cleaning up, but we can have at least per cleanup within an hour and a half to two hour span over 2,000 cigarette butts. We count every single cigarette butt. We track this data. Roberts is a former smoker about to celebrate her 14th anniversary since quitting. And while she's professionally motivated to help others quit for the sake of their good health, Roberts is continuing the butt cleanup for the sake of everyone else. Cigarette butts are the number one littered item in the world, and they are not biodegradable. Mm. They are extremely toxic for the environment and anything that picks them up or touches them. So we definitely don't use our hands Mm -hmm. (laughs) to say that. But just there are concerns about having these things littered on the ground and, and in our waterways in the environment. The transect Robert's team follows on its cleanup begins at Sitka's Community Playground, follows the seawalk along the Crescent Harbor Park Strip, and then moves into downtown, which on busy days is made into a traffic-free pedestrian mall. Roberts hopes that one day Sitka would consider a policy to make the park and playground areas tobacco-free. She believes it would significantly help the effort to keep kids from taking up smoking. One thing we're super focused on in the work that I do is reducing youth initiation to these products. And I think the more we create those um, environments, the more we're creating kind of that norm where tobacco use is not even visible. And fewer smokers, Roberts believes, is the key to reducing cigarette litter. Roberts says any Alaskan resident is eligible to enroll in a free cessation program, the Alaska Quit Line, which is available at its phone number 1-800-QUIT-NOW or online at alaskaquitline.com. 
The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has denied a petition to put southeast Alaska wolves on the endangered species list. It's a blow for the environmental groups seeking the designation, but as KSTK's Sage Smiley reports, the decision vindicates widespread testimony of hunters and wildlife managers in the region. Southeast Alaska's wolf population could decline in the next 30 years, according to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. One part of the population located on and around Prince of Wales Island could even die off completely. But that doesn't mean the wolves warrant a place on the federal endangered species list. In late August, Fish and Wildlife denied a petition to list Alexander Archipelago wolves as endangered or threatened. That population includes all of southeast Alaska. Erin Knoll is an endangered species coordinator with the Fish and Wildlife Service in Alaska. Endangered is Is the species in danger of extinction throughout all of its range or throughout a significant portion of its range? And then threatened is, is the species in danger of extinction in the foreseeable future? Um, So it's not just like a little less endangered, it's what does it look like in the future? So for Alexander Archipelago wolf, we did not find, the service did not find that the species meets the definition of either threatened or endangered. Fish and Wildlife estimates there are around 2,200 Alexander Archipelago wolves alive today, living mostly in southeast Alaska, with the remainder in coastal British Columbia. Noel says Fish and Wildlife's ruling is notable because it's one of the first times the agency has relied heavily on indigenous species knowledge to help inform a decision. Indigenous knowledge holders played a big role in the information in the species status assessment by helping us fill some pretty big knowledge gaps. Like where the wolves in the northern part of the region tend to frequent and what they like to eat. It's the third time the agency has declined to list southeast wolves as endangered. And that denial vindicates the long-standing position of state wildlife managers. We've always maintained that the populations in southeast are not endangered, at a risk of um, going extinct. Ryan Scott is the acting director for the Alaska Department of Fish and Games Division of Wildlife Conservation. The other extenuating factors, you know, forest practices, other resource uses and and climate change that were noted in the petition, we just have not seen that translated to a reduction in wolf numbers. And Scott says Southeast communities and resource users, quote, overwhelmingly condemned the petition to list Alexander Archipelago wolves as endangered. Tim O'Connor is one. He's the mayor of Craig, a town of about a thousand people on Prince of Wales Island. Earlier this year, O'Connor signed a petition opposing the designation. It would have curtailed uh, most uh, or almost all logging activity in the forest, as well as I believe it would have endangered the ability to subsistence deer hunt and hunt as we do or have for years down here. O'Connor says he got the sense that the push to list the wolves came from outside the state. It's just an attempt at somebody from another state trying to regulate that. They destroy their own backyards, and now they want to mess around in ours. I do oppose that kind of opposition. The Center for Biological Diversity is a national conservation nonprofit, and one of the petitioners requesting the wolf population be considered endangered or threatened. Cooper Freeman is a representative for the Alaska chapter. He says the denied petition is a disappointment. We think that Department of Fish and Game's management objective of 150 to 200 wolves is not sustainable and that their population estimates aren't credible. And we're just absolutely concerned about the state's aggressive push to increase old growth logging on Prince of Wales and 
you know, as threats from old growth logging by the state, unrestricted hunting and trapping and climate change escalate, um, this is one of the key tools we have to fight for the wolves. Freeman says his organization is still reviewing the impacts of the decision and doesn't know if they'll appeal or submit another petition in the future. But he says the concern remains. Scott, the state wildlife conservation director, says the denied petition to list southeast wolves won't immediately result in change to the state's management. But we're always changing. You know, as we learn more, we will adapt our management to better address wolf populations. But as of now, what we're doing is working and we're not seeing, uh, you know, a decline in wolf numbers based on our current management strategies. Although the wolves haven't been listed as endangered or threatened now, Noel, the endangered species coordinator with Fish and Wildlife, says petitions do bring to light the issues with declining species and can help prompt conservation and restoration efforts. Nobody wants a species to be listed as threatened or endangered, right? Like that's the worst case scenario that we've gotten to there. So what are things that we can do or work with others to stop that from happening? And she says the decision doesn't bar the wolves from the endangered species list forever. Anyone could petition Fish and Wildlife to list the Alexander Archipelago wolves at any time in the future, and the process would begin again. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. Juno's largest event space is reopening next month. After nine months of renovations, Centennial Hall's ballrooms have new lighting, sound, and heat systems. Kathleen Harper is Juno Centennial Hall's house manager. She says the space is booked for every weekend through mid-December. We're, we're already starting to book things for 2024, 2025. Centennial Hall is owned by the city. Juno voters approved a $7 million bond to fund the renovations in 2019. The renovated ballroom has 90 new light fixtures and 53 new speakers. Eric Brewer is the project manager for Alcan Electric and Engineering. Each individual speaker, each individual theater lighting receptacle can be controlled individually instead of as a big group and can even be pre-programmed such that uh, you can just push the start button and it's all choreographed and automated, so the computer's doing it all. Each of the three ballrooms can be heated or cooled separately. The building has six new heat pumps. The contractor also kept about 80% of construction waste out of the landfill by reusing or recycling it. Board game convention Platypus Con will be the first public event held at Centennial Hall from September 8th to 10th. The 8th annual Glitz Drag Show will follow on September 15th and 16th. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a quick look at the weather for Sitka for today, Wednesday, August 30th, 2023. Rain, high near 60. Southeast winds 5 to 10 miles per hour, becoming southwest in the afternoon. Chance of precipitation is 100%. New precipitation amounts between a tenth and a quarter of an inch possible. You're tuned into your community radio station, Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Good morning.